back to the Friendship Bread Podcast. I'm Alba. And I'm here with Crystal. Hello. We love to have real and honest conversations about life and how the Amish culture we grew up in shaped our mindsets. This week, we have a special guest on our podcast to join us for our conversation, and her name is Brenda. Hi, everyone. Do you mind telling us a little bit about yourself? Sure, I can do that. I am Brenda. I am a wife, a mother, a human being, and I'm my low 30s. I've been married over 10 years now, going on 11. My daughter is six years old. Um, she is ready for first grade. We live in a small town and we enjoy doing stuff outside. I enjoy gardening and flower beds, probably more than actual garden garden. Um, <laughs> I get that. Yes. Yep, me too. <laughs> I've pretty much transformed our backyard into a little oasis. You uh, have, yeah. I think even more since you've seen it last. Oh, yeah. Yes. So uh, that's what I enjoy doing. I enjoy occasional baking. Not during the summer. I'm not a fan of summer. The heat gets to me pretty quickly. Uh, but autumn, winter, spring, I'll be baking. I enjoy talking with people, getting to know them better. I often dive into the tough questions and conversations that other people tend to avoid. But that mm-hmm. is okay. Um, introvert here, and actually my husband and daughter are introverts as well, but I feel like I'm a social introvert, but then I also need alone time yes. to recharge. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I did grow up Amish. I grew up in the what would be the New Order Amish. I left when I was 21. Okay. I wanted to leave earlier, was not allowed to. Um, finally... Did leave, started dating, and that has been eleven over 11 years ago. Okay. And then we were in a Mennonite church for a while, and after, I want to say, three years? I can't remember. A certain amount of years, we left the Mennonite church and joined a small home church, and it has been two years, over two years since we left that. So. Okay. Cool. A little bit about me. Yeah, that was great. We got a lot of detail. That's awesome. So you were on when we talked about who we would love to have on our podcast as a guest to have conversations with. You were in my like top list of people <laughs> because you do have first generation experience leaving the Amish. Yes. And so I'm excited to hear more about that. And you have great perspectives, I feel like, on quite a lot of things because you've been through, like you said, the experiences that you've had, mm-hmm. I feel like have been, what's the word? Shaping. Have been, <laughs> you've learned a lot from the experiences you've gone through. And you've allowed those things, like you've allowed the things to change you. And you haven't like just bitterly held on to a certain belief. And yes, you're, you've been very flexible and um, open-minded. Thank you. So I, yeah, I'm excited to hear your perspective on quite a lot of things. I've known Brenda for a little while, several years. Yes. I think four or five years. Yeah. But today is actually the first time that Crystal has met her. Yes. That's exciting. Yeah, it is. Um, But okay. So we'll start off with breadcrumbs and you know what breadcrumbs are, correct? I do. Yes. Yes. Um, all right. Crystal. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I can start. <laughs> <Not me. laughs> 
It's a joke. <laughs> um, my brother got married this past weekend. That's true. I yeah. forgot about that temporarily. <laughs> <laughs> my brother got married, so that's my breadcrumb. It feels like a very big breadcrumb compared to my usual breadcrumbs, but um, that wedding was beautiful, and I am so excited about my new sister, and it, it was just a lot of fun. Um, I was very honored because she asked me to be one of her bridesmaids, as well as my all my sister, like my sister and my sister in laws that my other brothers are married to. Um, we all got to be bridesmaids together, and so that was really fun mm-hmm. getting to be a bridesmaid with all my sisters. Yeah. Anyways, feels like a big breadcrumb. It was a lot of fun. Maybe I'll share some pictures. I took my Polaroid camera along and took little pictures throughout the day that were kind of like not staged. And had a lot of fun with that. So maybe I'll share some pictures you when this episode that. comes out. Yeah, you should do that. It was a lot of fun. So, all right. Do you want to go next, Crystal? I feel like I don't have, like, a specific thing I can just mm-hmm. pinpoint. I just feel like I had a really good weekend. Like, Yeah? Yeah. Well, that's good. I just, I don't know. Just a good weekend. Yeah, I mean, I, like, hung out with a friend for a little mm-hmm. bit. So my extroverted self got recharged. <laughs> and... <laughs> That's all great. I think that's honestly probably a big part of it. Yeah. It's just like I saw people. And and you got you got to hang out with a friend who you don't often get one on one time with. Yes, I did. And that actually I think made a big big difference. I actually got to see her yesterday and today. Wow. And I think I'm gonna see her tomorrow. And I think I'm gonna see her the next day too. (laughs) (laughs) The stars have a line. I don't know how I worked that out. That's funny. And what's your breadcrumb this week, Brenda? Actually, it'll probably be the rain. Oh, yeah. It has been very dry, Mm -hmm. and some of my plants desperately needed water. And so I've been very glad for the rain. And I was watering my one hanging basket the other day, and I noticed a robin had made a nest in it, and there are three (gasps) eggs in it. Oh, my goodness. That's fun. We're very excited to keep an eye on those. That's so exciting. It is. I have a memory of, like, um, when we were growing up, my sister had a tree right outside her bedroom window, and every year there would be, I think it was a morning dove that would have its nest right there, and there was nothing in the way. Like, you could see the nest so clearly. It was just perfect. It was so much fun to watch them build their nest and lay their eggs and hatch the babies. And I think that's just, I think that's something that every kid should get to yes. experience because it's so fun. My yes. this this is reminding me of a memory I have. We had a deck off the back of our house when I was little, and it was like pretty high off the ground because the basement had like an entrance, like a a whole door, like it. Mm. I don't mm-hmm. know how you call it. Walk it was out. kind of a yeah, a walkout um, entrance and. It, we were kind of on a hill, so the deck was pretty high up. And on one of the beams under the deck, a robin built a nest. And you couldn't see it from the deck because, obviously, it's, like, on the beam below. So my dad drilled a hole in one of the deck boards right above the nest. And us kids would lay on the deck and stare through the hole. And the mama bird wouldn't couldn't see us because she was well hidden. And it was the perfect setup because we could watch her with the babies we got to watch the babies hatch. It was the day they were hatching. We like were fighting each other for who got to lay and watch through the hole. And we all had to take turns, obviously. But there's something so magical about nests when you're little. Yes. Yeah. I feel like it's a core childhood yes. value to have or it's mm-hmm. experience to Yeah. Yeah. Have. Like a core mm-hmm. memory. Yes. Have yeah. you seen Inside Out? 
The movie? Yes. A couple times, actually, because my daughter really likes it. Yeah. We love that. My kids love it, too. I could. Yeah, I watch that movie every now and then just because <laughs> I love it so much. I don't know. We, I feel we like, like to watch animated movies. Sometimes. I do love animated movies. Yes. Yeah, um, Same. I don't know. Something about that movie makes you like really like. I feel like it really made me aware of like whoa how much things from your childhood can affect you even mm-hmm. as an yes. adult. And or something we've really been talking about is the fact that you can feel two emotions at the same time. Yes. Yeah, uh, my daughter has been experiencing that recently, mm-hmm. and so I've been actually incorporating that. Like, you can feel two different emotions at the same time, and it's mm-hmm. okay. Yes. And there's nothing wrong with that. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's actually a really good point. And someone that I, I – I don't know who it is right now off the top of my head, but someone I listen to on a podcast fairly regularly talks about that it's not, I'm sad, but it can be, I'm sad, and yes. I'm glad about this. It doesn't have to be a but. That was a big thing for me to learn as an adult, that it's okay to feel conflicted in your emotions. Yes. It's a very interesting feeling when you haven't really been, like, very self-aware about your emotions. Yes. Or even been taught to suppress them a lot. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. And so that ties in. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. All right. So you talked a little bit about... Um, Leaving the Amish when you were 21. So how, and you said you wanted to leave before then. So was, and you weren't allowed to because of your parents or? Yes. I, I would say I knew from a really young age that I didn't want to be Amish. There were different times and points in my life where I like really tried to fit in and really tried to make it work. But I always sort of knew it. And I think my parents both knew it Hmm. that I didn't quite fit, Um, but when I went to talk with my mom about it, my mom is sort of the communicator in my parents' relationship. My dad is more quiet, and so when big, like the major subjects in life, like life life-changing choices and stuff are usually talked, I talk with my mom about it. So when I talked to her about wanting to leave, she was like, no, you can't leave. You have to wait until you're 25 or 30. And I was like, I'm not waiting that long. Interesting. And I just sort of like, we just sort of stopped the conversation. Didn't really go anywhere. And I think like a couple months later, I was like, I'll give it a few months. It was right after we turned 21. So in the Amish culture, you aren't an adult really until you're 21. Mm -hmm. Like you don't Mm -hmm. get your age. Like the parents usually keep all your paycheck, maybe just a percentage And a lot of other things sort of tie into that. So they don't really see you as an adult until you're 21. Mm -hmm. And so I didn't even have a conversation with my mom about leaving until I was 21. And it was like a couple weeks after. I was like, I'm done. I'm leaving. And she's like, no, please don't. And at the time, I just didn't want to rock the boat too much. And it's the whole pressure thing. And Mm -hmm. I just left it. And I was like, well, I'll pick it up again in a couple months and mention something again. And with time, I'll work my way out. And in the meantime, I met my now husband and we started getting to know each other better. And he asked me to be his girlfriend. And I was like, yes. And I was like, the whole thing of me, he knew I didn't want to stay Amish. He wasn't Amish. At he the time, wasn't he wasn't Amish at the time when we started dating. He had okay. left before me. He did grow up Amish too. 
But he had left before I did, and we started dating, and then I told my mom, hey, I'm starting dating, and I'm obviously leaving. And then it was sort of, like, she didn't say too much. Like, it was like, okay, I understand. And that's when I left a few months later. I guess actually I was closer to 22 when I left, because that would have been in April before my 22nd birthday, that later that summer. Wow. So... Long-winded answer. No, that's <laughs> no, good. That awesome. So, okay, so your husband had left before you. Yes. Was he older than you, or he's, did he just leave before He's he younger than away? me. He's oh, younger. Wow. Uh, year and a half He's that he's younger. He left when he was younger. I'm trying to think. He would have been 19 at the time, I think. Okay. Yeah. So Or I, 18. Oh, wow. I honestly can't remember. That's terrible. Those no, years sort of blend together. 18 or 19, they had a little different setup in his family where his dad would help them buy a rental property when they were 18. And then they had the rental property and the payments, but then they got to keep all of their checks. Oh, wow. So, which was actually, I think, was a very nice thing of their dad to do because yeah. it set up, they mm-hmm. gave, them, gave them credit scores and actually, they he co-signed the loan, so they could do that. And so, they had. That's that's different than a lot of Amish because yes. I don't know that we've talked about it on the podcast before about the twenty-one year old thing, because my dad um, and mom got married when my dad was twenty-one, and he talks about that he had no savings. Yes, because his dad kept his paycheck before. Yes, exactly. And we we always talk about like, well, we're so glad you left the Amish because. I feel like not giving your child that chance to set themselves up for success Mm -hmm. is Mm -hmm. so wrong. Like, you're the parent. You should be helping them. But instead, they're taking from their child and not setting their child up. But, yeah, we haven't actually talked about that Mm -hmm. 21-year-old thing. And I think think there are some families who do it differently. There are. Because I do know. know, prime example, yeah. Yeah, I do know of a friend who her family... They do take all their paychecks, mm-hmm. but they're putting it in a savings account for them. And oh. they get that savings account when they are older and their parents pay for all their stuff until I'm not That's sure what age. Yeah. But their parents like were like, We're saving all your money for you. See, okay, okay so I, I can I have know. two Okay, first reaction, that's great. The kids get the money. Second reaction, you're not actually teaching your child Mm-mm. how to manage that. No, they're Mm-mm. really not. So that's it's it's a double edged thing there. It is. But the what you're explaining with your husband, I think that's a great idea. Like, because then they get to understand, like, paying a mortgage and stuff. Yes. Um, but then what happened then was, so all his money had gone into that. And I was only, I was 21, a little over 21 when I left. I did have some money saved up because I got to keep 10% of my check. And I did have a job from 18 on. I did have a seasonal job before that, but that was only like a couple months a year. So. And I had lost all my money in a banking scam. Oh, no. And so I was drained. I didn't have any money. And I was slowly building up my savings again when we started dating. And he had all his money tied up into his rental property. So we were low on cash. Because mm-hmm. I always mm-hmm. say we married and we did not have a lot of money. Mm-hmm. But it's okay. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, I totally, totally understand that. So then you talked about that you were Mennonite for a little while. So that was you and your husband? Yes. We would have gotten married in the Mennonite church. 
Okay. And stayed there, as I said, a couple years, two, three years. Okay. We didn't have a good experience there either. Mm-hmm. And after his mom died, when things sort of came to the surface and I found out I was pregnant half a year later and we were just done and we sort of we had a lot of trips for us like a season it was like I think like six weeks that we had a lot of trips planned and then we found out that some comments that were made and we just were like okay we're done and that was yeah a couple years after we were married and then we found a home church okay that we were part of for close to five years Neither of you had joined the Amish church. Actually, we both had been members of the Amish church. Oh, but wow. we um we weren't the part of the old order Amish church. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if, if you're familiar with the difference or some of the differences between the new order and the old order because we both grew up new order. I would say he even grew up differently than I did. Like his family was sort of the exception in a lot of ways. But the New Order split off from the Old Order in the 1960s, 70s, or 80s. I'm not 100% sure. I remember my mom remembering when her parents left the Old Order to join the New Order. Oh, wow. And she was a little girl. So, 70 years ago? Mm-hmm. She's not 70. So, 60 years ago? Mm-hmm. And there's... Some big differences between the old order and the new order. One of the biggest differences was the way, like the Romspringe, um, or like I think they called it bed courtship at the time, is like one of the main things they wanted to get away from. Mm-hmm. And they, back then, it was also the thing they wanted to read their Bibles more. And I don't know, but I guess maybe they didn't as much back then. Like as a whole, wasn't as easily accessible. Well, don't, mm-hmm. like, the New Order youth would do, like, Bible studies and yes. stuff like that. And that's not something the Old Order youth do. Yes, no, exactly. They don't no. do that. They did Bible studies every Wednesday night. Mm-hmm. Um, they did the singings mm-hmm. every Sunday night. And their youth activities were a lot different. Like, it was basically, like, the New Order youth activities are basically volleyball. And then they do play softball, like, Memorial Day, July 4th, and Labor Day. But other than that... Like, it's either volleyball or singing, and if you don't like either one of those, you're sort of up a creek, (laughs) because that's mostly what they do. You obviously have your little friend groups that you could get together and play games with, but that was only, like, only girls. Like, you didn't do girls and boys. There's a lot of segregation there. Um, Let's see. Oh, they do, like, the New Order have church every Sunday, where, like, the Old Order do, like, every other. Mm-hmm. And then the in-between Sunday for the New Order is they have Sunday school. Okay. And, like, the kids go to classes, and then, like, the adults and the youth would stay in, like, the main where, the main building. And they would also, like, take a chapter and read through that and study that. Or, like, basically, the minister would be teaching on that chapter. That's but, interesting. Yeah. See, that's I Crystal's family. You you guys were new order, right? Most of them were old order, but I have an aunt who's new order. So were your parents old order? Mm-hmm. Oh, but actually, okay. in talking to my dad, I found out that that um, my grandparents and like what my mom would have mainly grown up as was 
like kind of I think he said I think he called it the Aiden Doyle of me if I remember right I could be wrong about that I think that's what he said but he said it's at kind of like they almost fit in between the day and me and the old order interesting like oh, wow. it's like kind of like in there and I didn't okay. know that yeah but then they left that and were old order okay. and so that's what most of my family is but then I have the aunt who's new order Okay, for some reason, yeah, I my family was all old order. Yes. So when you're explaining this, it is different from yes, there's how some, I grew up. And I do feel like as far like I have I had friends that were old order and they had a lot more freedom, especially in the youth age, um, than the new order do. Mm-hmm. And I kind of because of the way that they split, and I want to be careful how I say this because I don't like bashing anything like how I grew up, but there's also like the reality of things. Um, There's a little bit of a, we are better than the old order attitude there simply because they split off for biblical reasons. And so like it Mm. almost like a lot of them have a little bit of an attitude. Like we don't associate with the old order. Mm -hmm. We stick to our own, like just the new order. And it's, Sort of, you don't hang out with old order people. Wow. Yeah. So there is some of that. And it's just like, if one, say the old order, allows something, the new order will not. Like the electric bites that are everywhere if you go into Holmes Holmes County. Um, Like the old order had those first. Mm -hmm. So the new order probably will not get them for a while. Maybe eventually, I don't know. I don't really care. Mm-hmm. Uh, but like things like that, and like the new order have rubber tires on their buggies, which are quieter, and so the old order don't. That is very interesting. A little bit of a competition. So when you left, so you, okay, so you had been baptized into yes. the church. That is like, the new order do that at usually 16 or 17. Okay. You Go, you take instruction classes mm-hmm. and then you get baptized. And that is usually most of them, I would say 15 to 17. And if someone doesn't get baptized, like, and they're 18, like, that's old. Like, oh, I, like they're rebelling. That's so interesting because that in, like, the, in the old order, you could easily be like in your early 20s and it wouldn't be a big deal. Well, yes. because don't they like kind of get to choose the old order? Don't they get, yeah. They kind of get to choose whether or not to join. Yes, they the do. Church. Mm-hmm. And that's actually something like now looking back, I'm like that. I appreciate that, that they get to choose for themselves if they want to stay or not. And here it's like at 16, you can't really choose if you're going to leave or not because you have to live with your parents. I have to live with my parents. I can't get my license. Mm-hmm. And I'm not an actual legal adult mm-hmm. that I can't leave. Because you wouldn't be recognized by, like, the non-Amish society yes. as an adult. Mm-hmm. No, because I couldn't wow. even get – I don't think I probably couldn't get a place to live. Yeah. And it's just not possible, really. I do remember, like, one boy leaving from, like, the New Order, and I think he was, like, soon after 18. Okay. And that was probably the youngest that I ever remember someone leaving. So when, so so even though you had joined the church, when you left, you weren't shunned? No, that is another thing that's a little different. So when you join the New Order Church and when you want to leave, if you join a Mennonite church that meets certain criteria, 
and you join and become a member of that church within like, I think it's like a year and a half, you don't get shunned. Wow. I think even some old order churches have started doing that too. Okay. Yeah. I don't know, but it could be. Yeah. That is so interesting to me. There's a lot of them that don't shun anymore now. Yeah. I have several friends now who were never shunned by their family. And I don't know if if they ever even, unless I miss something, if they ever even joined a Mennonite church. No, I feel like the old order are changing and like they're a lot more Mm -hmm. lenient. And that also then depends on like who's the bishop. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. And and I didn't grow up in Ohio. I didn't grow up in this area. Um, And the church that my parents left from, it's like, oh, you're the, no, you're shunned. Like, yes, they were very harshly shunned. I think that it's, uh, to me, it sounds like the church that your family came from is even, like, stricter than old order that we would have yeah, here. Yeah, that's what I'm yes. saying. Like, even though, yeah. like, we say our families are both from old order, like, I feel like the old order that I came from here in Holmes County would be damned me. Yeah, probably. I think so, too. So, um, I think that's probably true. Yeah, they called it old order. And my extended family that is still Amish, I think, still classifies it as old order. But, like, Holmes County and Ohio-wise, it would be Dan Man. I think, I think too, one thing that makes it harder is that, like, here in, like, Holmes and Wayne County, we literally have more different, as my husband says, flavors of Amish than you do anywhere else. Like, you cannot find so many different levels of Amish anywhere else. You literally can't. Yeah. It just makes it so much harder. Yeah. Yes. It is. It's very varied. It's so, very varied. It's very varied. <laughs> um, but so. yeah, that is interesting hearing your experience. So you still, do you still have relationships with your family? I do. Um, obviously things change when you step out and leave. I was the first person in my family to leave. I come from a family of five siblings and I was the first person of like my extend like my extended cousins wow to leave on my mom's side my dad's side come he comes from a more of a dysfunctional home where he's the only one that's still Amish actually oh wow (laughs) so it's complete opposite but then my mom's family was like they majority of them are still like new order Amish very much that's what they are that's Mm -hmm. what their kids are But I was the first one of, like, the cousins to leave. And I remember my grandma making a comment about something along the line of, well, when one leaves, that opens the door for all the others. Well, I mean, it can be a good thing (laughs) from our perspective. (laughs) Yes. But, like, and um, she... It's just my grandma. Like, I know the way she meant it, but, like, Mm -hmm. as in, like, she, I think it made her sad, and she would have said that. But I still, like, I still have a relationship with her. I see her. Um, My daughter still sees her occasionally, not as often as she used to. But, and she knows who she is. She knows that she's, like, her great-grandma. So I do have relationships with my family. They change, and you just don't talk about certain subjects or... You're sort of the outsider. Mm-hmm. And I've come mm-hmm. to terms with that, like knowing sort of where I am in my family relationships. And I'm okay with it, even though I would maybe want a closer relationship with my mom and my sisters. It's also not going to happen because we have very different lifestyles. We have very different views now on a lot of things. And for them, and that's something we can get into then. 
the whole thing of having a relationship with someone that has different views is something that isn't really taught mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. because it's not there. And so it's hard for them to have a close relationship with someone they don't agree with. Yeah. Yeah. That's this. It's very interesting hearing you say that because the, my mom has explained that pretty mm-hmm. much exactly the same way. And she talks about that. She'll literally reach a point where she's talking about something with her mom and her mom said, no, Mary, we, we don't, we're not going to talk about that. It's heartbreaking to hear about, and it's kind of mind-blowing because as a second generation, you know, we didn't have to experience that firsthand. Yeah, I didn't have to experience mm-hmm. that firsthand. And first generation, that's a big, like you're paving a harsh path, a well-forested path. <laughs> that is very true. And I feel like it's even harder for girls to leave, like, the Amish than it yeah. is for guys. There are very few girls that leave. Yeah. Because I remember just, like, few girls ever leaving. Mm-hmm. But I'm glad I did. Yeah. Um, did your dating your husband at all affect, do you think, when you left the Amish? Or do you feel like you would have just gone ahead and done it anyways? I would have left anyway. I think he, like, starting dating sped up the process by maybe a half year. Mm-hmm. I don't know like I can't say for sure obviously but Mm -hmm. I would say I know I would have left anyway Mm -hmm. and it was just a point of how long can I still make it Mm -hmm. and how soon can I leave without causing too much drama yeah because that's what happened then like and I still say that like our dating when we were dating we didn't date for very long but we were good friends before we started dating But we also had a lot of stress because my mom had said that if I leave the Amish, I have to move out. Like, I cannot live at home anymore. Mm -hmm. I have to move out. And I was prepared to do that. I actually had found a couple options where I could move into when I knew I was going to leave. And I told her that. And she's like, no, you're dating now. You can't leave the house. Oh, wow. And so I had to stay living at home. While I was dating and also in the process of joining a new church, finding new friends, like everything changes. And it was like one of the most stressful times of my life. And there was so much like my mom would try to convince me to stop dating, stay Amish or just a lot of things. There was a lot of drama, a lot of stress. And I never want to do that again. Yeah. <laughs> um, that period, the period after I left, started dating, and then before I got married, was extremely stressful. Wow. And it's really hard to look back now and see, like, my younger brother is dating now. He isn't Amish either. He left the Amish a few years ago. And, like, so now... Obviously, my parents have changed some, but so they're doing things in their dating relationship that I, like my mom yelled at me for doing, Mm. and I, like, she did not like it, did not approve, and I would hear about it, and Mm. now it's like, hey, why don't you go do this, and it's like the very, and I'm like, wait, (laughs) we weren't allowed to do that, not even a chance, and now you're telling them they're allowed to go do that, and it's just like it brought up some of the old feelings. Yeah. Um, Mm -hmm. of that stressful time but it's in the past and 
I don't think I've ever really told my mom how much like hurt happened during that time. I've tried telling her, but she doesn't really understand. Mm-hmm. And so we just don't talk about it. Mm-hmm. So That's hard. So are, are you an oldest or? I'm the second to oldest. Second to oldest. I have an older sister, a year older, and then my, I have a brother a year and a half younger. Okay. So we were like the three oldest. And then there was like almost a five-year gap bef- between my brother and then my, the youngest two. Okay. And so it was like us older three and then the younger two. Um, but I was pretty, I was really close with my brother more so than my sister, but they are definitely the typical but they're rule followers, the golden child, golden children, as I say. <laughs> but yeah. I still like I have a relationship with them. It's just different than, I guess, a normal sibling relationship would be. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I that makes sense because, you, like you mentioned earlier, if like growing up Amish, we aren't taught well how to have relationships with people we don't agree with. Yes. And that's a big... That's a big thing because, like, in the Amish structure, there's, like, the ministers or the preachers and the bishops that make all the rules and decide what, even from church to church, it varies. So it's, like, personal preference on if people are allowed to do this, Mm -hmm. like, have answering machines or not. And... So it comes down to personal preference. And if you are okay with someone telling you what to wear, what not to wear, what to do, where to go, you can be okay there. And you have relationships with people that are the same. Mm -hmm. And then as soon as someone doesn't agree, they end up leaving because they can't make it there. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Because what are they going to do? Yes. Yeah. That is... It's a harsh reality, honestly. It is a harsh reality. And I feel like that's like the side that I saw more growing up because I always knew like I was sort of, I was the type of child that would say what I wanted to say. I would speak my mind. I would ask the questions and I would sort of do my own thing. Mm -hmm. And I felt like I didn't fit in at a young age. And so I was always sort of pushing the lines and, but why can't I do this or why not that? And so it just got to be that whole thing of like, no, these are the rules. We just do this. Mm -hmm. So as a child questioning those things, do you feel like maybe you were come down on, come down upon more harshly because you were a girl? Or yes, yes, I do feel like I heard that a lot because I was a girl and because the whole thing of if you're a female in the Amish culture, and it's not just in the Amish culture, but that's what I grew up with. So that's what I know. Yeah. Um, but you're taught that you're basically supposed to be keep sweet, pray and obey. <laughs> Haven't watched it, but I went to. Um, I did. And oh my word. It's I'm hoping, insane. like, in the next two weeks I'll get that yeah. done. But It's insane. The documentary about um, Fundamental. Crystal's looking at – yeah, Crystal's looking at me like she's not sure what we're talking about, but it's a, it's a documentary about the LDS. Oh, um, yeah, I haven't watched that one yet. Fundamental. FL, F- I'm not even sure. FLDS. FLDS, I think. Fundamental. Fundamentalist Latter-day Saints. Something. That's what the FLDS yes. is. Yes. Yeah. yeah. And – 
yeah, it's very, I won't go into it, but yeah, I have mind blowing. I will, yes, watch that. Uh, but you're taught that your whole purpose on being here is to someday be a wife and a mother. Yeah, yeah. And to be the person that is submissive and mm-hmm. quiet mm-hmm. and gentle spirited. Mm-hmm. And that's not like that's like if my character as a person, I'm not gentle spirited, I guess you could say that. Like I'm outspoken. I'll say what I want to say. I'm pretty direct sometimes, most of the times. Um, and so I would hear that constantly. Like I have to not speak as much, mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. be quieter. Don't say as much as you want to say. Um, watch what you say. Watch your tone. You're just, you talk too much. And I all even, I even heard that, like, I'm just too much. Mm-hmm. And hearing that as a child, as a teenager growing up, not just from your parents, but from your peers, from your friends, mm-hmm. everyone is saying this. Mm-hmm. And they're also saying at the same time, but look, if you believe in God and if you are a Christian and if you're born again, you will submit and be quiet. Mm-hmm. Be a peaceful woman peaceful learn how to be mm-hmm. a helpful a help meet yeah and i struggle that's probably one of the things that has been the hardest for me coming out of and seeing my value as a person and knowing that it's not just oh you're here to be a wife and mother mm-hmm. and that's it mm-hmm. yeah i liked how at the beginning you um said that you're Brenda, you're a wife and a mother and a human being. Yes. You, yeah. yeah. And we talked, we've talked about this before in the podcast about the intrinsic value of just existing mm-hmm. um, and how that isn't very valued in the Amish culture. It isn't. Yeah. It's one, like just seeing so many people, like even like knowing girls, being friends with them and after they're married, basically their hobbies and stuff would disappear and morph into whatever their husbands would be. Mm -hmm. Or like they have friends, but they don't really do anything with their friends anymore because they just do stuff with their husband's friends. And it's like, you're basically a second tier person. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Being taught that and that's drilled into you and then stepping out of that and trying to overcome and work through that mindset yeah. Is yeah. a lot. Would you say that's been the hardest mindset or lasting mindset coming from the Amish for you? Or are there other things too? That is probably one of the most one. It's the, what I'm working through currently mm-hmm. the most. And it's been a long process. And uh, it's been a lot of anger mm-hmm. and trying to deal with that anger and move on past the anger. Because I know I don't want to be angry the rest of my life. Mm-hmm. And I can't control the past, but I can control how I deal with it and move on. I think it's so interesting that you're talking about the anger because I had to work through a crazy amount of anger too. But I think probably one of the reasons that that's something that we work through coming out of the Amish is because anger, we're not really allowed to express the Amish, like in the Amish, you're not really taught to. Mm-hmm express your emotions at all, but you're also not encouraged to in any way. And large expressions of emotions are frowned upon. Especially if that emotion is anger. Yes. 
Yeah. Anger is probably the most frowned upon. Mm -hmm. And I feel like even to the point of that, um, as an adult, a lot of Amish people don't stand up for themselves. Mm -hmm. And they are often taken advantage of um, because they don't, they're not allowed to be angry. That's not, that's not God. Like I can't be angry. Mm -hmm. So uh, probably working through anger I mean, we're processing years and years of it, honestly. Yes. Yeah. I know I have been. I tell my husband that I I know I've been angry for like the past over two years, but I feel like I'm coming. I'm at the end of that season and it's a lot better in the last six months than it was. But there were other things like coming out of like the, the home church that we were part of. They really stressed the submission and becoming one with your husband. Like you... They had a couple, they had a lot of similar views as like the Amish and stuff, but also like um, the progressive Christianity, name it and claim it, grace movement, like that type of mindset as well. But like the one thing that they were very strong about was becoming one with your husband. And basically me and my husband both lost our identities as persons Mm. and tried to morph into one person that wasn't neither of us. Mm. And we were miserable. And so coming out of that and breaking away from that and then also finding out all the past teachings from the Amish culture Mm -hmm. was a lot. Yeah, you're processing quite a few things there. You're processing your whole life almost. Mm -hmm. Like what you were taught the first 30 years. Yes. Yeah. And that's insane. I think that that ends up happening with, like, a lot of the big things, or at least to me, like, I don't know, I like word pictures, but to me it almost seems like it's, like, one big, like, roll of twine, and the whole thing of, like, boundaries and, like, your self-care and, like, speaking up for yourself and just, like, self in general, like, Mm self-identity, like, all of that gets rolled into one thing Mm -hmm. because you're not allowed to express any of that stuff. And so, like, once you start, it's like you tug on, you think you're tugging on one thing and you're actually unrolling. <laughs> it's all connected. It's all it's connected. A, yes. And it's like you're unrolling this huge, massive thing. That's so, actually, like, that's a good thing. It is. Really. Um, and then you're left there with that big mess <laughs> of twine. And you're like, you're like now okay, I'm going to put this back together. I think, yeah. I think the end is over there. And, and like, there's, sure. a particularly, there's a particularly bad knot right here that I keep working over and over again, and I cannot find the end of this. Do I just get the scissors? Yeah. <laughs> just cut it out entirely. Honestly, honestly, you kind of do. You kind of do have to cut your cut cut it apart because it's yes. like such a big chunk that if you don't like cut your ball of twine, mm-hmm. like. You can't literally can't process Some, all of it at the same time. Sometimes you do almost have to like. You're right. You have, you have to, to like, like section sever. it off. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes, and be like, okay, I know that this is a thing. You're going on the shelf for right now. We're going to deal with you. Yeah, later. I can't process you. I right can't now. process oh, you. Yes. And right now, we're going to work through this. That's but. a really good point. I would say that is definitely what I did uh, about two years ago. Mm-hmm. I was yeah. like, I can't. I can't do anything else. Um, I would say I had a little bit of a mental breakdown, mm-hmm. and. I got to that point where I was like, I can't. I'm just stopping everything, and I'm not even going to think about it. Mm-hmm. I'm just going to get through the next couple months, mm-hmm. and then when I have energy and then when I can handle it, I'll go back to that bundle of twine that's all messed up. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's that's a really good point. Um, 
So do you feel like for the past two years, you've been kind of deconstructing? Yes, but I would also say that my deconstruction started probably seven years ago. Mm-hmm. Like leaving the Amish, joining the Mennonites, honestly, those are, they're very sane. Mm-hmm. Basically, mm-hmm. the Mennonites have cars and electric and cell phones and music. Mm-hmm. But like, beliefs a lot of it align especially with the new order i feel like it's just yeah pretty much the same thing just it looks a little different i feel like i feel like especially if you're a woman yes because it's still the same thing of like submit be quiet don't be loud don't be Mm -hmm. too much Mm -hmm. yeah be less yes (laughs) yes yeah yeah. Um, yeah. But when we left the Mennonites, we knew we didn't want to raise a family there. We knew that's not what we wanted for our family. And so I feel like then we did start deconstructing in a way, but we never pushed too far. Like, we didn't want to look at some rooms that needed to be deconstructed. Mm-hmm. And the major deconstruction happened, started happening two and a half years ago. That makes so much sense because... Yeah. Just like you explained a little bit ago, sometimes you just literally don't have the energy mm-hmm. to focus on, like you said, rooms. Yes. And I think that's human nature, too, to, like, not want to deal with the rooms that might be painful or mm-hmm. harder to work through. Like, I think it's human nature to be like, we're going to see if, you know, if we can leave those, we're <laughs> just going to leave them and and, and yeah. not deal with them until you realize you have to. Like, I think that's something yes. we tend to do. Yeah. Because, well, if your whole identity and foundation of your life mm-hmm. is based on this one thing, and now you're telling me I should deconstruct it, mm-hmm. where does that leave me? Mm-hmm. Okay. That's going to wrap up the first part of our conversation with Brenda. When we originally recorded this episode, we ended up with almost two hours worth of footage, or I don't know if footage is the right word for audio, two hours worth of audio, that's the word, and rather than drop that all at once for you guys, we decided that we would not overload you and split this into two episodes, so... This is future Alma editing this and inserting this little bit to say thank you for listening to this episode. I am super excited, and Crystal is too, to for you to be able to listen to part two, so make sure you come back next week. The conversation that we had with Brenda was amazing. The whole thing was just fantastic. We really enjoyed it so much, getting to hear a third person's perspective. Crystal and I are two people, and just like with Wanda, it's so nice to hear um, another person's perspective because they bring so much more to the table. So we're super excited for you to listen to the rest of the conversation we had with Brenda. We're super excited that you were here to listen to the first part. Thank you again so much for being here. If you don't already, you can follow us on Instagram and Facebook at The Friendship Bread. You can send us an email at thefriendshipbread at gmail.com. Thank you again so much for listening, and we'll see you next week for another episode of The Friendship Bread Podcast. Bye.